I tell you, the Lord laid this message on my heart earlier this week, and then as uh, the storms rolled in and everything, it became obvious to me this morning that got a lot of people that are not going to be here. I had a few people, I'll just be honest with you, uh, God lays a message on your heart. Sometimes you get a certain, uh, some people on your mind, and I had a couple of folks on my mind. I thought, I, I believe they're coming to church, and they're lost, and uh, maybe the Lord saved them today, and I'd had that on my mind. Well, they ain't here, and uh, so I thought, oh, I, and so I even went in there in my office and got my other Bible down and, and got another message out. I thought, well, I'll save that other one. I'll preach this message. Uh, but uh, I'm always having to remind myself that God is the one that knows what to do. And uh, so I'm just, I'm going to preach out Luke 16 this morning, preach on hell a little bit. Uh, maybe just because sometimes in, uh, in life, you just need to, you just need to uh, preach old time, Amen. Hell hot, heaven sweet. I, hey, I'm gonna tell you. I saw I saw a sign this last week and I liked it. Uh, it had, had the name of the church and it said below it where woke Christianity goes to die. Amen. And I'm telling you, this world's went woke, but I'm telling you, our churches have went woke. They've quit preaching the truths of Scripture. Ain't nobody preach on sin no more. Everybody's saved. Everybody's going to heaven. I'm telling you, that's not, that's not what the Bible said. Uh, and we live in a time where we've watered down hell. Somebody say amen. And we have. And uh, over the last few weeks, I've been preaching on the mind a little bit and trying to help folk. And I believe the Lord has been helping folk. Uh, and I got some more messages I'm going to preach on it. Uh, but it seemed like I woke up this uh, one morning this week, the Luke 16 on my mind. And the Lord just seemed like to speak to my heart and said, just rear back, preach on hell. And uh, if nothing else, if you're here today and you're saved, it ought to make you glad you're saved. Amen. I'm glad like the, uh, like the youth choir sings sometime, I'm not going to hell. Hallelujah. And uh, maybe just need to remind the devil we ain't going there. Praise God. Luke chapter number 16. We'll begin our reading this morning, verse number 19. And the Bible said there, there was a certain rich man which is clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. There's a certain beggar named Lazarus, which is laid his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted, thou art tormented. Besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they that would pass from thence, uh, from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place to torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Uh, let, he, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, 
But if one went unto them from the dead, they'll repent. He said unto him, they said unto him, uh, and he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, uh, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, that you touch and help God in the service uh, this morning. I pray, God, that you'd uh, give our strength, strength our voice today. And, uh, Lord, that you'd just do that in our midst. Only you can. Lord, if they'd be one here today lost, I pray that they'd be the day of salvation for them. God, for the saved, I pray that you'd stir our hearts this morning, uh, Lord, uh, about the fact that we get to go to heaven and we don't have to go to hell. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, that you'd just stir us today and do a work in this place. We'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, I want us to think a little bit this morning uh, about this rich man. Uh, I talked to you just a little bit, if the Lord be our helper, uh, on what a difference a death makes. Uh, what a difference uh, a death makes. Uh, now you've heard it said uh, that a, a day will make a difference. Uh, I mean, uh, you'll have a bad day and then the next day get up, things will be going good. You'll say, well, what a difference a day made. Uh, or maybe things are going good. You wake up the next day and that's going bad. And you'll say, well, what a difference today made. Well, we get a, a little picture in uh, the Bible here of a story about uh, two men that died. And uh, boy, death sure did make a big difference in their life. Now, Luke 16, of course, tells us about a place called hell. I want to submit to you this morning that somewhere below your feet today, if we could dig up the concrete and dig up the earth, and if we had a way of digging down deep enough, we would eventually find a place of the doomed called hell. Amen. I still believe this morning in a literal burning hell. Amen. I don't care if every preacher in town quits believing it. I, I don't care if every theologian throws it away. I, I'm telling you, there's still a hell to shun. Amen. I, and somewhere below your feet, there's a certain place uh, that's called hell. I, how we think about the certainty of hell. I, what do you mean, preacher? Well, I, uh, here we see that the most uh, tender, gentle man and gracious man that ever lived, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, and even he says that there is a hell. I'm going to tell you, if there hadn't been a hell, Jesus wouldn't have said there was one. And so the fact that Jesus said there is a hell, that settles it for me. I don't care if every theologian discredited it. I don't care if every Bible college says it no longer exists. I want to tell you this morning that there is a hell. I don't care if all the Jehovah's Witnesses say there's not one. I don't care what Charles Taze Russell says. I'm here to tell you that there is a hell. Hell's a real place. Hell's got real people. Hell's got real pain. Hell's got a real problem. But I'm glad, thank God, there was a payment made at Calvary. And you don't have to go there. Amen. I'm glad I'm not going there. Can I take time out this morning and say, there's not one piece of me going to hell. Amen. I don't have to worry at night about dying and going to hell. I've not been all I should be, but thank God I'm not what I was. I've been born again and washed in the blood, and I am not going to hell. I'm not going there. 
hell is a certain place. I remember several, many years ago now, I was at the, uh, I was working out at the old rock house. We lived right on the road. And boy, the Jehovah's Witnesses stopped by there just every little bit. It was one of my favorite things about living there. A lot of you run when the Jehovah's Witness show up, but I, when they come, man, it tickles me to death. I, I think, oh boy, this is about to be fun. I was out mowing the yard, and the old boy pulled up in his car and got out with his literature. And uh, I stopped the lawnmower, and me and him walked over, and I sat down on the, uh, on the, uh, on the uh, little walkway there. And uh, he got to talking to me. And he said, uh, how do you like about how things are going? I don't know. I guess George W. Bush probably the president then. I said, well, uh, I don't like it so good. <laughs> he said, well, uh, he said, uh, there's, uh, let me tell you about the kingdom. And he got talking to me, and I was playing dumb like I didn't understand nothing. And I let him get to talking to me, and he's showing me his literature, and boy, I was acting interested. I said, really? Let me see. Oh, my. Boy, how's it going on with him being? And then I said to him, well, I said, what happens to me if I don't get in the kingdom? He said, well, if you don't get in the kingdom on these days, you'll die and just disappear. I said, well, uh, now hang on a minute. I said, I went to a Baptist church one time and I heard a fellow preaching about hell. I said, what about it? He said, oh, there's no such thing as hell. I said, well, now hang on a minute. I said, uh, seemed to me like that uh, preacher said in that service uh, that Jesus said there was a hell. Uh, and he said there was a rich man that went there. Uh, and uh, I remember it. said that uh, he was in torment in the flame. Uh, boy, that old boy, he looked back at me and he said, you let you know more than you let on. Uh, I said, you're right, I do. Uh, I said, let me tell you. I said, one day I accepted the blood uh, of God's dar- darling son. Uh, I said, he is God. He was God's blood. And I said, because of that, now I don't have to worry about going to hell. I said, how about you? He said, there ain't no such a place. And he said, and I am out of here. He gathered his material. He even took his pamphlets away from me. He wouldn't even let me keep them. I guess he figured I was a lost cause. And he headed on out toward the car. And I said to him, don't die and go to hell, sir. I said, Jesus died for you. I said Jesus loves you. Hey, I'm glad this morning that I don't have to die and go to hell because there is a literal burning hell. There's a certainty of hell. But then there is in these, in these verses the contrast to these two men. Now, and you think about it when it started. There was one man that was rich. He had everything. I mean, he had the nicest clothes that uh, I, I can imagine him riding up in his uh, uh, ruby crusted chariot. And I mean, with all the finest things. Uh, he's got the fanciest horse. Uh, no doubt he's got the entertainment system in the chariot and uh, uh, the big touch screen. He's got it all. Friend lives in the fanciest mansion. He's got the biggest bank account. Uh, everybody in town says he's a pillar of the community. Uh, he's got so much that he's had to tear down his barns and build bigger. Uh, he's done nothing to, but live for himself. Uh, and buddy, has he ever made 
made it. He's got it all. But you see, all of that does not matter when he draws his last breath. Heaven is not taking stock of his bank account. Heaven doesn't care about what kind of chariot he drives. But when he dies, he meets God. And my friend, he's guilty in his sin. And he goes to hell. You see, it doesn't matter about what he had or what he had done or what he had accomplished. He died without God and spent an eternity in hell. By contrast, we're introduced to a beggar. Boy, I wasn't sure if this is what I ought to preach or not, but I'm getting pretty sure about it. We're introduced to an old beggar. He lays down there at the gate. He's got nothing. He don't even have a chariot to drive. He doesn't have anything to eat. He's bankrupt. Uh, He's got a body full of sores. Everybody that looks at him says he's a drag of society. Uh, He probably died and nobody even realized it. Uh, He slipped off into eternity one night while laying on the street side. Uh, But he had God in his heart. Uh, And when he closed his eyes, uh, the angels came and carried him away uh, under Abraham's bosom. Uh, You got one man that had it all. He died and went to hell. You got one man that had nothing, but he had God. And he died and went to heaven. I'd rather be a poor Lazarus than a rich man. Amen. How many of you this morning are glad that you, hey, you may not have much on this earth, but you got Jesus. Amen. Hey, and one of these days when you draw your last, all that's going to matter is whether or not you know him. Yeah, hey, it don't matter if you've been a member of a church. Listen to me now. All that matters is whether or not you know him. Hey, hey, oh my goodness, that Sunday morning when I stepped out of my pew and believed Christ and put my trust in him, if I'd have died before I got to the altar, I'd went to him. Amen. And I've been headed toward heaven ever since. Woo, hallelujah. I'm glad I don't have to die and go to hell. Really what I want to preach on this morning is the change, the change in this rich man. What a difference death makes. You know, people got their mind made up one way and things are going to change after they die. But you know what? After you die, it's too late. I said after you die, it's too late. Think about the difference in this man. Number one, think about his, his change in his perception of God. Now, I believe this man is religious. I believe probably on Saturday, he'd head down to the synagogue and maybe even held a high position down there. Maybe he was even one of the rulers of the synagogue. You say, how do you know that, preacher? Well, he uses the term Father Abraham. He said, Father Abraham. You know what? He knew about God, but he didn't know God. There's difference. There's difference. Uh, last week at Michaelville, they had the book fair. And for those of you that remember the book fair, when you was a kid going through school, it ain't changed much. And it's funny. I walked in there, and I still get excited at the book fair, just like I did when I was a kid. And I was looking at all the things. They've still got the Guinness Book of World Records. And they still got that thing about all the football players. Amen. And it's still way more expensive than it ought to be. Amen. Well, they had a... <clears throat> They had a poster there, Michael Jordan. And uh, it was neat. It's a neat poster. 
And so I told the librarian, I said, uh, can the school resource officer buy something? She said, yeah, I'll say whatever you want. I said, I want that Michael Jordan poster. And she said, well, I sold my last one. She said, that's done promised. I said, man, I hate that. I said, I'd like to have that to put up in my shop. Yeah, man, Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jordan, friend, the goat. Amen. Well, she hollered back at me in a few, uh, maybe an hour, and she said, I found another one of them. I said, I'll take it. And so I took that thing home, and I've got it, and I got it, put it up in my shop, and it shows him at various aspects of dunking the basketball. Now, when I was a kid, my room was full of Michael Jordan posters. I had that one that's taken from behind the backboard. Anybody else have that one where he's coming up and you can see the ball? Anybody else have that but me? I was the only cool cat in here. Amen. You said, Preacher, why are you talking about Michael Jordan? Because I know a lot about Michael Jordan. I, I, know, I know a lot about his stats. I, I know a lot about his career. I, I, hey, I watched a lot of ball games. I, I emulated on a, a much smaller rim his dunks. Amen. I, I, used to, I used to, as a kid, hang that tongue out there and dunk on that little basketball goal that we had in the garage. Oh, I know a lot about Michael Jordan. But let me tell you something. I don't know Michael Jordan. I know a lot about him, but I don't know him. You see, there's a difference between knowing about somebody and knowing somebody. I'm a, hey, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people in church houses across this country that know a lot about Jesus. They can tell you about, they can tell you about what he done. Uh, they can quote his words. Uh, they know their books of the Bible, uh, but they've never been to Calvary. Uh, hey, they've never been introduced to him. Uh, all they've got is religion. Uh, all they've got is a head knowledge. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, they know about him, uh, but they don't know him. Uh, I'm going to tell you, for me, it was the exact opposite. You know, I was raised in church. Come on now. I knew some things about Jesus. I did. I mean, little Ollie, she'd teach us in the Sunday school. I knew the basics. I knew that he'd walked on water. I knew that he died at Calvary. I knew that he, but I didn't know a whole lot beyond just the basics. But you see, I got, hey, Jesus got me before religion got me. Say amen right there. I mean, hey, I, I met Jesus, and I got to know him really before I got to know much about him. But I'm going to tell you something. Oh, my goodness. This right here is starting to get rich in my soul. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, the more I learn about him, uh, the more I'm satisfied with him. Amen. I got to know him, and now I'm getting to know about him. Uh, and, boy, I tell you, it floods my soul. Uh, amen. Uh, when this rich man died, it changed his perception of God. You know what he wished he hadn't done? He wished he hadn't spent so much time on religion. You know what he wished he hadn't done? He wished he hadn't got all caught up in the pomp and the circumstance and the father Abraham's. Uh, and he wished he'd done something in his heart that made a difference for eternity. Uh, oh, my friend, listen to me. Uh, don't die and go to hell in religion. Uh, don't die and go to hell off a church pew. Uh, don't die and go to hell uh, uh, sitting at the Concord Baptist Church uh, knowing about God uh, but not knowing God. Uh, boy, I tell you, there's nothing like uh, no him this morning, nothing like knowing him. And so that it changed his perception of God. Suddenly he had a different idea. Maybe he thought about God as some sort of abstract idea. Wasn't sure whether he's real or not, but probably it's good. You know, I'll just check all my bases, all my boxes. I'll just make sure, maybe he thought of him as some sort of superstition. 
Did you know a lot of people think about God as a good luck charm? You're exact. Hey, I know. Hey, listen. There's a lot of people that flock out to the Catholic Church this week, and it's the only week they'll go to church all year. Because it's Easter week and all the different things that are going on with Good Friday and all that stuff that's going on. And they'll flock out to that, but they don't know God. Hey, it's a good luck charm. This week I was watching that Andy Griffith show where that fella had a hex. And Barney took his head and hand, he put it over his head and held his ear. And he said, wink em, blink em, blink em and, and Rex, save us all from the man with the hex. I'm telling you, and you say, that's the silliest thing I ever seen in my life but it's no different than what a lot of people are doing going to church all they're interested in is a good luck charm they just wants to carry them a rabbit's foot because they don't know God but boy when you get a relationship with him somebody give me a witness this morning hey there's nothing like it hey there's nothing better than knowing God for yourself whoop I told you I'm just going to peel back preach this morning. Hey, hey, don't get me wrong. I love what I've been preaching on. I've been studying it, sun, getting it all. all, all, But sometimes I get all my T's crossed and my I's dotted so good that that, uh, it it hinders me from just laying back and preaching a little bit. I just just said I'm just going to take a little old simple outline to the pulpit this morning uh, and trust God to help me and do a little preaching and I'm feeling right well with it because I've been saved I've been washed the blood and I don't have to die and go to hell I I said I don't have to die and go to hell hallelujah saved his perception changed his perception but not only did it change his perception of God, but we find that it also changed his priorities of life. This rich man, prior to this, all he cared about was himself and his bank account. That's all he cared about. Fill up my barns, fill up my barns, fill up my barns. That's all he cared about. That's all he thought about. Building bigger and making bigger. Now in hell, suddenly all he cares about is reaching his brother. His priorities have changed. His priorities have flipped. Now all he cares about is saying, Father Abraham, I've got five brothers. Send Lazarus to warn them, lest they also come to this place of torment. You see, all of a sudden, he's interested in the lost. I wonder how many, wonder how many people in hell this morning say, Concord Baptist Church, Send missionaries. We got lost family. Send the young preachers out. Oh, send the preaching out. Preach the word, please, Concord. Preach the word. We got family dying and going to hell. Knock on doors. Make a difference, Concord. Please make a difference. See, the priorities change. Some of you, all you do is live for yourself. Live for yourself. I'll say this this morning. Some of you are saved and all you do is live for yourself. This rich man's got different priorities and he wishes that some of you would. This rich man, all of a sudden now he don't have them same priorities. 
He's not eat up with making a living. He's worried about his brothers. All that money, all them barns full of goods, it didn't help him a bit in hell. In hell, none of that is beneficial at all to this man. He says, send Lazarus. Send Lazarus. Back there on that back wall is all them missionaries. Going around this world with the gospel. The sun never sets on the ministry of the Concord Baptist Church. Here in a few weeks we're going to have a mission Sunday. Where we're going to reintroduce you to the missions program. We're going to talk about what what missions is all about. It starts across the street. Goes across the states. Ends up across the sea. Jesus said to reach the whole world with the gospel. You know why? Because hell is full of people that are going, send somebody. Send them to my brother's house. Send them to my family's house. Don't let them die and come to this place of torment. Boy, if that's what hell's are saying this morning, certainly the church ought to catch that fire and say, let's send them all we can send. Let's reach them with the gospel, all that we can reach because there's a world that's dying and going to hell. Changed his priorities, didn't he? All of a sudden, all he wants is somebody to go and preach the gospel. You know what this world needs? He said, Preacher, I I believe it needs the Republicans. I believe it needs the Democrats. I believe it needs the uh, this certain man or that certain man. I tell you what this world needs. It needs the preaching of the gospel. That's what the world needs. The world needs a church. The world needs a church to quit playing. Let's quit phoning it in. Come on now. We need, hey. Bunch of effeminate preachers standing in the pulpits in their skinny jeans. Hey, man, preaching some self-help junk. That ain't, hey, that's not what the world needs. What the world needs is a man that'll open that book and got a burden from God. What the world needs is a church that's on fire that'll take the gospel and reach the community and reach the reach across the world. What the, church, what the world needs is Jesus to be preached. We need the preaching of the gospel. We don't need some new fad. We don't need some deliverance junk that Greg Locke dreams up. What we need is the preaching of the gospel. It's the power of the gospel. I said it's the power of the gospel. To free mankind and to change men's hearts and to work away. It's the power that we need the preaching of the gospel. And suddenly in hell, that's all that rich man could think about. Somebody go preach to him the gospel. It's the priority. He changed his perception of God, changed his priorities in life. But then let me give you this I'm done. He had a change concerning his pampered way of living. He'd lived it up, Brother Marvin. But the sad fact is is that most people that live it up here for 80 years live it down in eternity forever. The vast majority. You know, Jesus said it's easier for the camel to pass through the head of a needle than a rich man to make it heavy. The vast majority, Brother Neil, of people that live it up, live high on the hog here, 
They spend their eternity in a devil's land. You know, I want to give you something right here. I, I, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to be done. I don't have to preach too. Maybe there's some saved people that need to be woke up and told this morning, hey, there is a hell. There is a hell. Let me give you this right here. You have an advantage this morning that that rich man didn't have. Did you ever think about that? Because you've got the simplicity of the gospel message. Now, prior to this, Brother Neil, let me say this. Men have only went to heaven one way forever. Even in the Old Testament, the men that went to paradise went by faith. Hebrews 11, by faith, by faith. God's always had one plan to save mankind, and that's by faith. That's the only way you've ever been able to get saved is by faith. But see, now, now you and I have a complete copy of God's Word. And it's the simplicity of the gospel message. Believe on Him, confess with your mouth, and thou shalt be saved. Somebody said there's got to be more to it than that. Simple as that. You put your faith in Christ and confess him with your mouth and you'll be saved. That's what the Bible says. You say, no, you got to give so much money. No, all you got to do is believe in your heart and confess your mouth. Believe in your heart, confess your mouth. Believe in your heart, confess your mouth. It's that simple to be saved. You and I have a great advantage. There's no excuse for anybody dying and going to hell when all you got to do is believe Christ in your heart, confess Christ with your mouth. That's all you got to do to be saved. There's no excuse for anybody dying and going to hell. But here's the thing. You got to really believe. You got to trust Him in your heart. You got to put, now it don't have to be a lot of faith. Somebody said, How much faith do you got to put in Christ to be saved? Any. Any. I want oh, you to think about that. Any. <laughs> See, we've, got, we've made it harder, Brother Allen, than it is. Now, I'm not easy believism. I don't, I'm not in that easy believism mess, but I do believe it's easy to believe. Because all you got, all you got to do, Brother Billy, all you got to do is have any faith in your heart toward How much does it take? Any. Any faith toward God saves you. Then you confess it with your mouth. And you're saved. That's just the Bible. That's the Bible. Isn't that simple? When everybody in here agree with aren't you glad it ain't hard? Ain't you glad you didn't have to have $10,000 to get saved? Huh? Huh? Some of you like me, you ain't got $10,000. You had to die and went to hell. We'd all die. Hey, listen, but I'm glad I didn't have to have no money. I'm glad I didn't have to dress a certain way. I'm glad I didn't have to cut my hair a certain way. Hey, man, I'm glad I didn't have to have on certain kind of clothes. Hey, aren't you glad for that this morning? Aren't you glad it was simple? Aren't you glad it was easy? Hey, all you had to do is put any of your faith toward Christ, confess him in your mouth, and just like that, you was born again. In that instant, you became helper. So why would, what's the excuse for anybody not doing it? Really, when somebody stands before Christ, what are they going to say? Couldn't understand it? Why, well, the, the smallest child in here that can understand language can understand. What are you going to say? It was too hard. Well, all you got to do is put a little faith in, toward Christ and confess with him. How could it be any more simple? What are you going to say? I, I didn't have time. Well, you've been sitting in a church service now for nearly an hour. What in the world are people going to say? 
There's no excuse for a man dying to go to hell when God's made it this season. We got an advantage that rich men didn't have because we got the simplicity of the gospel message. Might be somebody listening at home. They said, boy, I wish I'd went to that church service. I'd have got saved that. You get saved fast. Yeah. Maybe somebody watched at home, lost. You get saved right there. You get right down next to. You get down right next to the couch and confess Christ and put your faith in Him and be saved. Amen. You can do it right there at the house. I'm here to tell you, it's that easy. It's that simple to be saved. I sure am glad this, brother Neil. It's last week. I'd bought. Back before Christmas, a bigger gun safe, and I was cleaning out my two smaller gun safes. And I found sacks full of pictures, a lot of baptizings and stuff. I got going through them pictures, and I found a picture of me getting baptized. Oh, boy. I was glad to see it again. October, right down here, just right down here. Me getting baptized. Boy, I sure have fouled a lot up since the day I got saved. I wished I could redo a lot of that junk I've done. But there's never been a day that I wasn't saved. And if me as a little old nine-year-old boy could understand it and do it, and it's still sticking at 46, a grown adult can do it. And I got away from God, got out of church, I took a job at the radio station working on Sunday mornings, told my mom and dad, I'm like, well, we'll be putting on preachers on the radio. I'll listen to preaching then. But I didn't. I'd put the preacher on, turn it down, watch TV, whatever. You know, I don't want to hear that preaching mess. I was under conviction. I was saved, but I, see what I'm saying? And I remember when I first got exposed to old-time religion, I tried to get saved 25 times. Every service, I'd be like, I got to get saved. Lord, have mercy. Finally, one service, the pastor knelt down with me, and he said, you can't get what you already got. I said, well, praise God. He says, that's it. You've got it or you ain't, right? You're going to heaven, you're going to hell. God makes it that easy. You're going to hell and going to hell. There ain't no such thing as halfway saved, almost saved. That's a bunch of Calvinist mess. Ain't no, such a, ain't no such thing. You're either saved or you're lost. You're going to heaven you're going to hell. And there's no excuse for going to hell. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm going to heaven. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Father, Lord, just preach what you laid on my heart this morning. Just preach what you laid on my heart. I pray, God, that you touch hearts. Lord, if they'd be one lost, I pray that you'd save them. Lord, some saved that just needed to woke up about hell. It needs to get... Concerned about their lost loved ones, concerned about missions, whatever it might be, I pray that you touch their hearts. Do that now as only you can. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Some are already making their way toward an altar. Maybe you're just here this morning, you say, Preacher, I got lost loved ones I need to pray for. I got lost loved ones I need to pray for. Maybe you're here this morning, you say, Preacher, I'm lost without God. I don't know Jesus.